Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse on the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's also an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lessons for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, with Section 6, The Alternate to Dreams of Fear, and Section 7, The Secret Vows. We're also mindful of our lesson today, the first in our new topic of what is the second coming. And today we're reviewing lessons, well, we're practicing lesson 301, which is, and God himself shall wipe away all tears. By way of opening this morning, I'd love to share this poem from St. John of the Cross, called My Soul is a Candle. My soul is a candle that burned away the veil. Only the glorious duties of light I now have. The sufferings I knew initiated me into God. I am a holy confessor for men, and when I see their tears running across their cheeks and falling into his hands, what can I say to their great sorrow? that I too have known. The soul is a candle that will burn away the darkness. Only the glorious duties of love we will have. The sufferings I knew initiated me into God. Only his glorious cares I now have. My soul is a candle. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes, it was. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lori. I'm quite fond of that poem. <clears throat> and here's our reading list, my friends. We have Lemoyne, Fran, and Jessica. And we're joined in listening by Ida and Judy. And we shall see if we're joined by others as we go along. But for now... Let's go ahead and get underway. Reading chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, with section 6, The Alternate to Dreams of Fear. Beginning with paragraph 47. What is a sense of sickness but a sense of limitation? Of a splitting off and separating from. A gap between... pardon me, a gap perceived between ourselves and what is seen as help. The good is seen outside, the evil in. And thus is sickness separating off the self from good and keeping evil in. God is the alternate to dreams of fear. Who shares in them can never share in him, but who withdraws his mind from sharing them is sharing him. There 
there is no other choice except you share it nothing can exist and you exist because God shared his will with you that his creation might create good morning okay chapter 28 the undoing of fear section 6 the alternate to dreams of fear What is a sense of sickness but a sense of limitation? Of a splitting off and separating from? A gap perceived between yourselves and what is seen as health? The good is seen outside the evilness. And thus is sickness separating off the self from good and keeping evil in. God is the alternate to dreams of fear. Who shares in them can never share in him. But who withdraws his mind from sharing them is sharing him. There is no other choice. Except you share it, nothing can exist. And you exist because God shared his will with you that his creation might create. It is the sharing of the evil dreams of hate and malice, bitterness and death, of sin and suffering and pain and loss that makes them real. Unshared, they are perceived as meaningless. The fear is gone from them because you did not give them your support. Where fear has gone, their love must come because there are but these alternatives. Where one appears the other disappears and which you share becomes the only one you have you have the one which you accept because it is the only one you wish to have you share no evil dreams if you forgive the dreamer and perceive that he is not the dream he made and so he cannot be a part of yours from which you both are free Forgiveness separates the dreamer from the evil dream and thus releases him. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 48. It is the sharing of the evil dreams of hate and malice, bitterness and death, of sin and suffering, of pain and loss that makes them real. Unshared, they are perceived as meaningless. The fear is gone from them because you did not give them your support. Where fear has gone, their love must come because there are but these alternatives. Where one appears, the other disappears. And what you share becomes the only one you have. You have the one which you accept because it is the only one you want to have. To share no evil dreams if you forgive the dreamer and perceive that he is not the dream he made. And so he cannot be a part of yours, from which you both are free. Forgiveness separates the dreamer from the evil dream and thus releases him. 49. Remember, if you share an evil dream, you will believe you are the dream you share. And fearing it, you will not want to know your own identity 
because you think that it is fearful. And you will deny yourself and walk upon an alien ground which your creator did not make and where you seem to be a, quote, something you are not. You will make war upon yourself, which seems to be your enemy, and will attack your brother as a part of what you hate. There is no compromise. You are yourself or an illusion. What can be between illusion and the truth? A middle ground where you can be a thing that is not you must be a dream and cannot be the truth. Thank you, Fran. And Jessica. 49. Remember, if you share an evil dream, you will believe you are the dream you share. And fearing it, you will not want to know your own identity because you think that it is fearful. And you will deny yourself, your true self, and walk upon an alien ground which your creator did not make and where you seem to be a something you are not. You will make war upon your true self, which seems to be your enemy and will attack your brother as a part of what you hate. There is no compromise. You are your true self or an illusion. What can be between illusion and the truth? The middle ground where you can be a thing that is not you must be a dream and cannot be the truth. You have conceived a little gap between illusions and the truth to be the place where all your safety lies and where your true self is safely hidden by what you have made. Here is a world established that is sick, and this the world the body's eyes perceive. Here are the sounds it hears, the voices which its ears were made to hear. Yet sights and sounds the body can perceive are meaningless. It cannot see nor hear. It does not know what seeing is what listening is for. It is as little able to perceive as it can judge or understand or know. Its eyes are blind. Its ears are deaf. It cannot think, and so it cannot have effect. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for... Paragraph 50 and 51. Ida. Thanks, Ida. Mm-hmm. 50. You have conceived a little gap between illusions and the truth to be the place where all your safety lies and where your capital self is safely hidden by what you have made. Here is a world established that is sick. And this the world the body's eyes perceive. Here are the sounds it hears, the voices which its ears were made to hear. Yet sights and sounds the body can perceive are meaningless. It cannot see nor hear. 
It does not know what seeing is, what listening is for. It is as little able to perceive as it can judge or understand or know. Its eyes are blind, its ears are deaf. It cannot think, and so it cannot have effects. Fifty-one. What is there God created to be sick, and what that he created cannot be? Let not your eyes behold a dream, your ears bear witness to illusion. They were made to look upon a world that is not there, to hear the voices that can make no sound. Yet are there other sounds and other sights which can be seen and heard and understood? For eyes and ears are senses without sense, and what they see and hear they but report. It is not that they hear and see, but you, who put together every jagged piece, each senseless scrap and shred of evidence, and make a witness to the world you want. Let not the body's ears and eyes perceive these countless fragments seen within the gap which you imagined, and let them persuade their maker his imaginings were real. Thank you, Ida. And is there another narrator for 51 and 52? Good morning, it's Karen. I can read. Thanks, Karen. 51. What is that God created to be sick? And what that he created not can be? Let not your eyes behold a dream, your ears bear witness to illusion. They were made to look upon a world that is not there, to hear voices that can make no sound. Yet are there other sounds and other sights which can be seen and heard and understood. For eyes and ears are senses without sense, and what they see and hear they but report. It is not they that hear and see, but you who put together every jagged piece, each senseless scrap and shred of evidence, and make a witness to the world you want. Let not the body's ears and eyes perceive these countless fragments seen within the gap which you imagine, and let them persuade their maker his imaginings were real. 52. Creation proves reality because it shares the function all creation shares. It is not made of little bits of glass, a piece of wood, a thread, or two perhaps, all put together to attest its truth. Reality does not depend on this. There is no gap which separates the truth from dreams and from illusions. Truth has left no room for them in any place or time, for it fills every place and every time and makes them wholly indivisible. Thank you, Karen. And is there another narrator for 52 and 53? I can do it, Lori. Thanks, Judy. 
creation proves reality because it shares the function all creation shares. It is not made of little bits of glass, a piece of wood, a thread or two, perhaps all put together to attest its truth. Reality Reality does not depend on this. There is no gap that separates the truth from dreams and from illusions. Truth has left no room for them in any place or time, for it fills, truth fills every place and every time and makes them wholly indivisible. You who believe there is a little gap between you and your brother do not see that it is here you are as prisoners in a world perceived to be existing here. The world you see does not exist because the place where you perceive it is not real. The gap is carefully concealed in fog and misty pictures rise to cover it with vague, uncertain forms and changing shapes, forever unsubstantial and unsure. Yet, in the gap is nothing, and there are no awesome secrets and no darkened tombs where terror rises from the bones of death. Look at the little gap, and you behold the innocence and emptiness of sin that you will see within yourself when you have lost the fear of recognizing love. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for that paragraph and rolling right into the next section, please? New reader for 53 and 54. Back to you, Lemoyne. Okay. You who believe there is a little gap between you, do not understand that it is here that you are kept as prisoners in a world perceived to be existing here. The world you see does not exist because the place where you perceive it is not real. The gap is carefully concealed in fog and misty pictures rise to cover it with vague, uncertain forms and changing shapes, forever unsubstantial and unsure. Yet in the gap is nothing, and there are no awesome secrets and no darkened tombs where terror rises from the bones of death. Look at the little gap, and you behold the innocence and emptiness of sin that you will see within yourself when you have lost the fear of recognizing love. Okay. Section 7, The Secret Vows. 
say it again. Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. And section 7, Secret Balance. Who punishes the body is insane. For here the little gap is seen, and yet it is not here. It has not judged itself, nor made itself to be what it is not. It does not to see, it does not seek to make of pain a joy and to look for lasting pleasure in the dust. It does not tell you what its purpose is and cannot understand what it is for. It does not victimize because it has no will, no preferences, and no doubt. It does not wonder what it is. And so it has no need to be competitive. It can be victimized, but cannot feel itself as victim. It accepts no role, but does what it is told without attack. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. Section 7, The Secret Vows. Paragraph 54. Who punishes the body is insane. For here the little gap is seen, and yet it is not here. It has not judged itself nor made itself to be what it is not. It does not seek to make of pain a joy and look for lasting pleasure in the dust. It does not tell you what its purpose is and cannot understand what it is for. It does not victimize because it has no will, no preferences, and no doubts. It does not wonder what it is, and so it has no need to be competitive. It can be victimized, but cannot feel itself as victim. It accepts no role, but does what it is told without attack. 55. It is indeed a senseless point of view to hold responsible for sight a thing that cannot see and blame it for the sounds you do not like, although it cannot hear. It suffers not the punishment you give because it has no feeling. It behaves in ways you want but never makes the choice. It is not born and does not die. It can but follow aimlessly the path on which it has been set. And if that path is changed, it walks as easily another way. It takes no sides and judges not the road it travels. It perceives no gap because it does not hate. It can be used for hate, but it cannot be hateful made thereby. Thank you, Fran and Jessica. 55. It is indeed a senseless point of view to hold responsible for sight, a thing that cannot see, and blame it for the sounds you do not like, although it cannot hear. It suffers not the punishment you give because it has no feeling. It behaves in ways you want but never makes the choice. It is not born and does not die. It cannot but follow aimlessly the path on which it has been set. And if that path is changed, 
It walks as easily another way. It takes no sides and judges not the road, road it travels. It perceives no gap because it does not hate. It can be used for hate, but it cannot be hateful made thereby. 56. <clears throat> the thing you hate and fear and loathe and want, the body does not know. You send it forth to seek for separation and to be a separate thing. And then you hate it, not for what it is, but for the uses you have made of it. You shrink from what it sees and what it hears and hate its frailty and littleness. And you despise its act, but not your own. It sees and acts for you. It hears your voice, and it is frail and little by your wish. It seems to punish you and thus deserve your hatred for the limitations which it brings to you. Yet you have made of it a symbol for the limitations which you want your mind to have and see and keep. Thank you, Jessica. And Ida. Okay. 56. The thing you hate and fear and loathe and want, the body does not know. You send it forth to seek for separation and to be a separate thing. And then you hate it. Not for what it is, but for the uses you have made of it. You shrink from what it sees and what it hears and hate its frailty and littleness. And you despise its acts, but not your own. It sees and acts for you. It hears your voice. And it is frail and little by your wish. It seems to punish you and thus deserve your hatred for the limitations which it brings to you. Yet you have made of it a symbol for the limitations which you want your mind to have and see and keep. <clears throat> 57. The body represents the gap between the little bit of mind you call your own and all the rest of what is really yours. You hate it, yet you think it is yourself and that without it, would yourself be lost. This is a secret vow which you have made with every brother who would walk apart. This is a secret oath you take again whenever you perceive yourself attacked. No one can suffer if he does not see himself attacked and losing by attack. Unstated and unheard in consciousness is every pledge to sickness. Yet it is a promise to another to be hurt by him and to attack him in return. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. And Karen. Fifty-seven. The body represents the gap between the little bit of mind you call your own and all the rest of what is really yours. You hate it, 
yet you think it is yourself. And without it, would yourself be lost. This is the secret vow which you have made with every brother who would walk apart. This is the secret oath you take again whenever you perceive yourself adapt. No one can suffer if he does not see himself attacked and losing by attack. Unstated and unheard in consciousness is every pledge to sickness. Yet it is a promise to another to be hurt by him and to attack him in return. 58. Sickness is anger taken out upon the body so that it will suffer pain. It is the obvious effect of what was made in secret in agreement with another secret. Excuse me, in agreement with another secret wish to be apart from you as you would be apart from him. Unless you both agree that is your wish, it can have no effects. Whoever says, there is no gap between my mind and yours, has kept God's promise, not his tiny oath to be forever faithful unto death. And by his healing is his brother healed. Thank you, Karen. And is there another new reader for 58 and 59? New reader for 58 and 59? Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. Well, I have to ask, do you want to read it, Judy? Oh, I beg your pardon, Judy. I forgot to write your name after Karen. That's okay. I'm still here. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just being quiet. Thank you. Sickness is anger taken out upon the body so that it will suffer pain. It is the obvious effect of what was made in secret in agreement with another secret wish to be apart from you as you would be apart from him. (coughs) Excuse me. Unless you both agree that it's your wish, it can have no effects. Whoever says, there is no gap between my mind and yours has kept God's promise, not his tiny oath, to be forever faithful unto death. And by his healing is his brother healed. Let this be your agreement with each one, that you be one with him and not apart. And he will keep the promise that you make with him, because it is the one that he has made to God, as God is made to him. God keeps his promises. His son keeps his. In his creation did his father say, You are beloved of me, and I of you forever. Be you perfect as myself, 
for you can never be apart from me. His son remembers not that he replied, I will, though in that promise he was born. Yet God reminds him of it every time he does not share a promise to be sick, but lets his mind be healed and unified. His secret vows are powerless before the will, before the will of God, whose promises he shares. And what he substitutes is not his will, who has made promise of himself to God. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another or a new reader who would like to complete today with paragraph 59? Let this be your agreement with each one, that you be one with him and not apart. And he will keep the promise that you make with him because it is the one he has made to God, as God has made to him. God keeps his promises. His son keeps his. In creation did his father say, you are beloved of me, and I of you forever. Be you as be you perfect as myself, for you can never be apart from me. His son remembers not that he replied, I will, though in that promise he was born. Yet God reminds him of it every time he does not share a promise to be sick, but lets his mind be healed and unified. His secret vows are powerless before the will of God whose promises he shares. And what he substitutes is not his will who has made promise of himself to God. Thank you, Lemoyne. And thank you, everyone who read this morning everyone who's here listening. Um, hesitate to call it a summary, but to touch a few ideas in these two sections. Section 6, the alternate to dreams of fear. That first paragraph 47, God is the alternate to dreams of fear. Who shares in them can never share in him, but who withdraws his mind from sharing them is sharing him. Except you share it, nothing can exist, and you exist because God shared his will with you that his creation might create. In 48, where fear is gone, their love must come, because there are but these alternatives. Where one appears, the other disappears. And which you share becomes the only one you have. In 49, if you share an evil dream, you will believe you are the dream you share. And fearing it, you will not want to know your own capital identity because you think that it is fearful. 
and you will deny your capital self. You are your capital self or an illusion. What can be between illusion and the truth? A middle ground where you can be a thing that is not you must be a dream and cannot be the truth. In 50, you have conceived a little gap between illusions and the truth to be the place where all your safety lies and where your capital self is safely hidden by what you have made. But in 51, let not your eyes behold a dream, your ears bear witness to illusion. They were made to look upon a world that is not there. And it is not they, these bodies, eyes, and ears that hear and see, but you, who put together every jagged piece, each senseless scrap and shred of evidence, and make a witness to the world you want. In 52, creation proves reality because it shares the function all creation shares. There is no gap which separates the truth from dreams and from illusions. Truth has left no room for them in any place or time, for it fills every place and every time and makes them wholly indivisible. In 53, the world you see does not exist because the place where you perceive it is not real. In the gap is nothing. And there are no awesome secrets and no darkened tombs where terror rises from the bones of death. Look at the little gap and you behold the innocence and emptiness of sin that you will see within yourself when you have lost the fear of recognizing love. In section 7, the secret vows. <laughs> I'm going to run all the way down to paragraph 57. The body represents, or shall I say, represents the gap between the little bit of mind you call your own and all the rest of what is really yours. You think it is yourself and that without it you would yourself be lost. This is the secret vow which you have made with every brother who would walk apart. This is the secret oath you take again whenever you perceive yourself attacked. No one can suffer if he does not see himself attacked and losing by attack. Unstated and unheard in consciousness is every pledge to sickness. Yet it is a promise to another to be hurt by him and to attack him in return. In 58, whoever says there is no gap between my mind and yours has kept God's promise, not his tiny oath to be forever faithful in death. And by his healing is his brother healed. And finally, in 59, let this be your agreement with each one that you be one with him and not apart. And he will keep the promise that you make with him because it is the one which he has made to God as God has made to him. God keeps his promises. His son keeps his. In his creation did his father say, quote, you are beloved of me and I of you forever. 
be perfect as myself for you can never be apart from me end quote your son remembers not that he replied I will though in that promise he was born yet God reminds him of it every time he does not share a promise to be sick but lets his mind be healed and unified his secret vows are powerless before the will of God whose promises he shares and what he substitutes is not his will who has made promise of himself to God amen amen thank you Lori. oh gosh could it be more perfect we landed exactly at the top of the hour <laughs> yeah so for our, our new topic today Fran and, and for leading our lesson reflection I sure thank you thank you hi everybody we are in the second part of the workbook and we have a new theme today what is the second coming and the lesson for today is lesson 301 and God himself shall wipe away all tears I shall read some from what is the second coming Christ's second coming which is sure as God is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity it is a part of the condition which restores the never lost and reestablishes what is forever and forever true it is the invitation to God's Word to take illusions place the willingness to let forgiveness rest upon all things without exception and without reserve there is no end to the release the second coming brings as God's creation must be limitless forgiveness lights the second coming's way because it shines on everyone as one and must as oneness recognize at last the second coming ends the lessons which the Holy Spirit teaches making way for the last judgment the second coming is the time in which all minds are given to the hands of Christ to be returned to spirit in the name of true creation and the will of God the second coming is the one event in time which time itself cannot affect pray that this second coming will be soon but do not rest with that it needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet it needs your voice and most of all it needs your willingness let us rejoice that we can do God's will and join together in the holy light behold the Son of God is one in us and we can reach our Father's love through him now we'll do the lesson lesson 301 and God himself shall wipe away all tears father unless I judge I cannot weep nor can I suffer pain or feel I am abandoned and unneeded in the world this is my home because I judge it not and therefore is it only what you will let me today behold it uncondemned through happy eyes forgiveness has released from all distortion let me see your world instead of mine and all the tears I shed will be forgotten for their source is gone father I will not judge your world today God's world is happy 
Those who look on it can only add their joy to it and bless it as a cause of further joy in them. We wept because we did not understand, but we have learned the world we saw was false, and we will look upon God's world today. Take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 301, and God himself shall wipe away all tears. Let me see your world instead of mine, and all the tears I shed will be forgotten, for their source is gone. Father, I will not judge your world today. Lesson 301, and God himself shall wipe away all tears. Amen. Amen. Yes. Beautifully done. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Fran. I'm sorry I missed it, but my neighbor on either side of me both came to my door within a couple of minutes, and they needed help, so I helped them. Um, <laughs> you know how it is, especially when you live in apartments. It's easier for your neighbor to get to you. Well, that's great, um, Ida. Oh, thanks. Well, I don't know how much I helped the first one because he was looking for something and I couldn't see where it was very well on the map function of my my uh, phone, but I hope I did. Okay, he'll get to it because he has the manager's phone number. Okay, well, in the secret vows, um, section 7, in the second paragraph, it's talking about the body, and it says it behaves in ways you want but never makes a choice. And then it says, oh, God, Kitty is excited. Um, and then it says it is not born and does not die. And I question that because it, it uh, wait a minute. I know that who we really are doesn't born, isn't born and doesn't die, but we're not a body. We are free. So doesn't the body get born and die? And then I realized that probably what he was trying to say in there is because because the body is like the world. It's not something God created. It's something we made. And um, um, it does appear to be born and appear to die. But he's saying it's not eternally real. So it doesn't really get born and really get die and die into the real world. Or help me out here if you can. Thanks. I'm complete.
I think, hi, it's Jude. I I think, and I'm 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 reading this and considering it very seriously because I have pain, and um, that I'm punishing the body is insane. Is you know, I mean, this is this is serious. That it's it's <coughs> excuse me. Said time and time again, the body is completely neutral, and it only serves the purpose that the mind gives it. And that I would use my body to punish myself is the way that I'm interpreting this. And you know that, or that I give it the purpose it will serve until the body is no longer of a, of any use when it gets old and it's tired and weary and wants to lay down. So that's just, um, um, and you know, I, in, in considering um, the thing, the body is something other than what I am. The thing I hate and fear and loathe, but I want, the body doesn't know anything about that. This this whole interpretation of myself as the body being the in, ego's interpretation of itself being in the body is is what I'm getting from this. This, um, but then it says, you know, that I seek for separation in it and to be separate, and then you hate it. Not for what it is, but for the uses you have made of it. Um, And that we have made of it a symbol for the limitations that we want our mind to have and see and keep. So, you know, this is, this really is um, to, I do this to myself. It's is really a powerful, I do this to myself kind of reading. So um, there's, there's, it goes on and on, but um, I think I've said enough. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Thank you Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Well, certainly we all have pain <clears throat> at times, but um, certainly we all have pain at times. Um, but I think Jesus is saying here that it isn't really the body that feels the pain. It's like our emotions or our soul, and we're projecting that onto the body. That's what I, one thing I think she's implying in here. I'm complete. Thanks. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just totally convinced 
that in 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 my perfection in God within God there is no pain there is no suffering and um, I I start to understand that and know that thank you I'm sorry for interrupting you go ahead thank you Judy and I think that was Karen. yes I um, just had a couple thoughts First, the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ is the undoing of the ego and dropping the ego mind and being in our natural state and being um, aware of our oneness and all of the illusions and all of the dreaming part of our ego world is gone. That's going to be the second coming of Christ. And... um, it says in the reading that that the uh, sharing of the evil, evil dreams, the ego reality, is what makes it real. That if we can withdraw our faith from the world of our senses, the world that our body, eyes, and our ears tell us is real, if we can withdraw the faith from that and restore the faith in the Christ self, in the oneness, in the purity, in the innocence, that will manifest that. Our physical body is nothing but a representation or a manifestation of our beliefs. If we um, believe that we're separate from God, it manifests as sickness and death, of course, because we think we're just this physical form. Um, because the sickness is splitting off from the good and separating. I love the line. It says, forgive the dreamer because he is not the dream he made. I love that line. Forgive the dreamer because he is not the dreamer. He is not the, he is not the dream. He's... Anyway, if you share an evil dream, you will believe you are the dream. Well, that's a scary thought because sometimes I see the world and I think the world is real. And that means I'm sharing the evil dream. And then I'm subject to it. I'm subject to the effects of all those illusions. Um, I just love The Course in Miracles so much because it's telling us that, that this body... Um, the body doesn't know anything. It's everything we ascribe to it. It does, it thinks, it feels, but it has no autonomy. It's all our minds, and it just is neutral, just like, um, yeah, just like the other things the Course has shown us over and over that are neutral. You know, we are the ones that are writing our beliefs in this world upon our bodies. It has no feelings. It suffers not punishment. It never makes a choice. It doesn't take sides. It doesn't judge the road it travels. It doesn't seek for separation. The body just doesn't know anything about the uses that we have made of it. 
It sees and acts for you. It hears your voice. By your wish, it seems to punish you. You have made of it a symbol for the limitation which your mind wants to see and keep. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was so good, Karen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Lori and Lemoyne and Fran, for holding this for us to talk about all of it. Thank you. This is Steve. Good morning, tribe members. You know, I have to uh, watch my mind going into the future to be having the tears wiped away. You know, the idea that God will wipe away my tears. That's great. I love a future of no tears. But also, it's not tomorrow. I have to watch my mind always making heaven later, kind of like what many religions, they talk about when you die. But now is the... I have to watch my mind going... And it, it not only just like my tears wiped out, but when I read the course, sometimes I'm looking for the answer on the next page rather than relaxing like it says at the end. Put down the book, Steve. Listen to your source. And so I love the course because it reminds me to put down the book and feel as we all do. That we've, we are all in this, uh, well, I should speak for myself. I am forgiven. The handkerchief is already out and done. Tears are wiped. And, and uh, it's not in the future. It's in the now. And also, I, I've just become aware lately that there's a stuff, it's not the body that stores the information in the DNA. There's a certain area, like we say in chiropractic, that there's this inborn innate intelligence that cannot be anatomically located, yet it's somewhere in in our sphere. And what's a wonderment is... It's accessible now. The greatest library that burned down back then, the Library of Alexandria or something, now we got the Library of Congress, these huge books and books of stored information. Well, this is what Jesus really read, is that library within. And so I'm urged to not put off tomorrow what I can do today, which is love, Relax, be at peace, and uh, of course, when the tears come, let them come, but also let the love come. I'm reminding myself, this is not a future event, Heaven. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. So glad that was a good point. Yeah, that was a really good point. It's not a future event, even though it says... And God himself shall, which is a future word, wipe away all tears. 
only because he has to talk in words which are symbols of symbols in this book, which he himself says that just words are symbols of symbols, and so it's hard to necessarily put them in the right words. But I think it probably goes without saying that I think Jesus did a really good job on this enormous, wonderful book, which, again, I call a being. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. I really like what uh, what he says in the lesson uh, explanation right underneath the lesson title, and God himself shall wipe away all tears, you know. Nor can I suffer pain or feel I'm abandoned and unneeded in the world. This is my home because I judge it not. Therefore, it is only what you will. If I judge it not, then, excuse me, I had a little breakfast too, banana. <laughs> um, if I judge it not, then I'm not coming from the ego on what is the world and my relationship to it. I'm coming from the Holy Spirit, the connection with God within me. And uh, so therefore, I can judge not the world and feel that I am needed here and I am not abandoned, I am loved, and that this is my home. Um, and uh, if I don't judge, I won't weep, I won't suffer pain. And sometimes that may be hard for me to realize that I only suffer pain, which I suffer pretty often. <laughs> it seems like it's from my body, um, because I'm judging, <laughs> you know, and still, how much I actually judge, like I don't have one conscious thought after another about judging most of the time. And if I do, they come rather slowly. And I'm, I've heard from the scientists that we have, you know, 63,000 thoughts or something like that, a second. So almost all of these thoughts I'm not aware of at all, except as they impact my feelings and my deciding to judge everything which is really judging myself, which I certainly don't need to do. <laughs> Thank you so much for hearing me. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Yeah, thank you, Ida. Hello, this is Chris. Just being in my loving inner home as I listen. Thank you. Glad you're here, Steve. Or good heavenly days, Chris. <laughs> Thank you.
thank you, Chris, for being here. I personally thank you as well because you bring a lot to the table and always, and you've brought a lot to me through your shares in this past year. Thanks again. That's super loving. Thank you. Yeah, me too, Chris. I want to personally thank you and impersonally thank you also. I'm complete. Thank you for being so personable and impersonable, Steve. (laughs) God bless you, bro. Oh, good morning, everybody. This is Lori. And um, I think this morning I want to start out with something that may have crossed your mind before. It certainly crossed mine. Uh, and it's the word bless. You know, in, in this work, in this beautiful work, he takes many of the words that um, that in separation we had one understanding for and takes that word and turns it a different direction. I think especially of, of the word forgive. You know, it's the common understanding of the word, word forgive is I, I see your error, and it certainly is real, but because I'm the bigger of the two, I'll overlook it, which isn't forgiveness at all. You know, forgiveness, as the Course talks about it, is I will withdraw the illusion that I placed, and in this case, I'm going to say in the gap that my mind thought was there. And he does that with lots of words. Christ, you know, is a really excellent example. Ego mind has such a stunning way of making that idea of second coming of Christ seem inaccessible, beyond the reach, impossible. And yet, in this work, we're told that Reality is the Father and the Son and the hymn of gratitude they sing to each other eternally. That's not inaccessible. He says, in fact, you are Christ. You are Christ. You are Christ. We are all representations, representations of the love of God. Oh, to ego, that seems so inaccessible. But in point of fact, it is the truth. And and there's so many examples of how he takes a common understanding and flips it on its head so that I come to understand everything I saw was wrong. I had it all upside down and backwards. 
most especially starting with myself. But as regards the word bless, I find it very noteworthy. I mean, really noteworthy that nowhere in this work does he tell us what bless is. He uses it a lot. I bless the world because I bless myself. I bless you, brother, with the love of God, which I would share with you. He uses the word, certainly. But he provides us with no alternative definition of that word because he knows we know it. That's a word he knows we know. And when I when I use the word, something something wonderful happens in my mind. I bless you, brother, with the love of God that I would share with you. I bless the world because I bless myself. Heart mind, as God created it, already knows that word. And he knows we know it, and it doesn't have any alternative definitions. And I find it right here in the in the heart of this lesson. God's world is happy. Those who look on it can only add their joy to it and bless it as a cause of further joy in them. We wept because we did not understand. But we have learned the world we saw was false and we will look upon God's world today. In this reading today, he's saying the world we saw was false. The reason it was false, the reason it is false, will always be false, is because it exists within the gap. And here's here's the situation. It's my mind made that gap. Have you ever loved someone so much that you could see their suffering and, and you had that sense that you wanted to alleviate that suffering? You wanted to pull them. You wanted to pull them into truth. That to me is uh, probably the most vivid dis- description of miracle I can I can think of in my life and I've seen it operate so many times someone suffering and I want them to know that they're loved I get this feeling that I try to pull them across something what he wants me to know about this across something this gap is that it's a construct of my own mind that still believes in separation, which is an illusion. You know, the tiny mad idea, that was an illusion. The consequence of the cap, that was an illusion, is an illusion. That didn't happen. Be perfect as myself, I said I will. That's the resolution of the gap. You see, the ego body illusion is the same illusion. It's the same. 
this separate fragment of mind that sees itself trapped in a body has the consequence of seeing that everywhere. If I think that I am a separate mind in a separate body, that's what I will see. Remember, remember, projection makes perception. Perception is projection. What I think I am, I will see. If I think I'm an ego body, I'm going to see ego bodies. And the consequence of thinking I'm an ego body and seeing an ego body is separation, the illusion of separation, the gap. That gap does not exist except in my mind. I put it there as a consequence of believing I'm an ego in a body, a fragment of mind trapped within the limits or confines of a body. And if I think that's the truth of me, I'll think it's the truth of everything. And further, I will defend it and protect it and shield it from harm. All this harm I think I see is fear. When I, when I think I'm an ego body, of course I'm going to experience myself as limited. Of course I'm going to be afraid. I'll be afraid of everything I think I see and everything I think I hear with my body's eyes and my body's ears. The alternative to dreams of fear is God. He says it just flat out in that first paragraph of today's reading. God is the alternate to dreams of fear. Uh, there's just one unmuted line. That's why accepting atonement for myself, <laughs> what a surprise. When I accept atonement for myself, I'm accepting atonement for, for the world that I thought I saw. When I accept atonement for myself, I'm saying there is no gap. The gap that I thought existed, the gap across which I want to pull someone, um, is a gap of my own understanding. And in that gap, I project all my fear. That's why God is the only alternative to dreams of fear because God is the only truth that there is. The second coming of Christ. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Ego would make that seem so inaccessible. But all it is is the invitation for God's word, the truth. The truth that I'm not an ego body, neither is anybody else, neither is this world a place of separation. It's an invitation to God's work to take illusions, God's word to take illusions place. The willingness to let forgiveness rest upon all things without exception and reserve. God's version of forgiveness is nothing more than acceptance of the truth. Another word that seems really inaccessible is capital S self. 
But capital S self, you notice it's capitalized in the same way God's word is capitalized, the same way atonement is capitalized. There's one thing he wants us to understand, just one. And if I understand that thoroughly, I understand everything. To know God's miracle is to know him. I am God's miracle. You are God's miracle. Creation is God's miracle. And in that, there is only love. I wept because I did not understand. Remember, back in Lesson 293, I had it highlighted because I wanted to say it out loud correctly. Lesson 293 is, All fear is past, only love is here. And Steve, I love how you highlight present moment awareness. All fear is past because its source is gone. What was its source but the belief in separation? The belief that I, an ego body, am surrounded by ego bodies. And in that version of the world, there is no room for truth. Truth didn't change because I believe that truth was always true. waiting for me. Truth was just waiting for me to come home to it. All fear is past because its source is gone and all its thoughts gone with it. You know, the mind is so powerful it can make a world, he says. And that's what happens in this gap. Making of a world projected out of fear all fear is gone because its source is gone and the thoughts gone with it. Love remains the only present state, the only state that was ever true. God could not have created and then left his creation abandoned. That's impossible. It's in his likeness and in his image, spirit and truth. Can the world seem bright and clear and safe and welcoming with all my past mistakes suppressing it? The belief in ego body separation and showing me the distorted forms of pain. Yet in the present, love is obvious and its effects apparent. All the world shines in reflection of its holy light. And it does when I've withdrawn my illusions from it. When I have withdrawn the belief that I'm an ego body, surrounded by ego bodies, separate fragments of mind. Divorced from truth in fear like myself. The world shines in reflection of the truth's holy light. And I perceive a world forgiven at last. Father, let not your holy world escape my sight today, nor let my ears be deaf to the hymns of gratitude. The world is singing underneath the sounds of fear. There is a real world which the present holds safe from all past mistakes. I would see only this world before my eyes today. And that's the world I'll see when I accept atonement for myself. As regards accept atonement for myself, I wanted to add this beautiful statement in the Manual for Teachers answering the question, how are healing and atonement related? 
He says healing and atonement are not related. Healing and atonement are the same. When my mind is healed of its belief and ego body illusion, when I understand the truth of me, the innocence and purity, the holiness in which I was created, I can't see anything but that. My mind is healed, and it's a healed world I'll see. That's the second coming of Christ. When forgiveness rests upon all my dreams, I've withdrawn the illusions that I placed in this seeming gap. What I've really denied is the separation. I've denied that there's any reason for fear. I've acknowledged the fact that Love is a present state. I've accepted the idea, and here's a startling one all the way back in Lesson 36. My mind can picture only thoughts I hold about myself. My mind can picture only thoughts about my, I hold about myself. That's why correcting my mind is the doorway to truth. Truth never changed while I was living in illusion. It's always the same. That's the present memory. The present memory of God and the face of Christ is that face of innocence. When I've accepted innocence as my state, it's only innocence I'll see because I've withdrawn my belief. It was my belief in error. It was my fundamental organizing principle that a gap existed between me and truth, between me and you, between me and God. The atonement closes the gap that never was and lets truth be itself. That's why God is the alternate to dreams of fear. And that's why that secret vow that I made in private to be an ego body and see my world populated with ego bodies is so easy to release. The one event in time which time cannot affect the second coming, it's not inaccessible. And when I accept that truth, there's nothing left but a blessing. And that word, heart knows. He didn't have to tell us what it was because he knows we know it. Oh, I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Thanks for that. Thank you, Lori. You are very astute and a really good student of the course. Thank you for leading us. This is Steve saying goodbye and have a great day today, everybody. I'm checking out and enjoy this present blessing. Bye. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Have a beautiful day. Bye, Steve. Thanks again.
Well, I guess we have a little more time here because there are less people than usual, so I can say something personal, my relationship with Christ. Um, it's good. I feel like Jesus has been... It's not that Jesus has been speaking to me more than he used to, although sometimes it's perceived that way, but it's that I'm listening more and able to hear his voice as opposed to the voice of my ego. It's a much more clear thing than it ever was before in this lifetime. So I appreciate that, and I thank all of you in the, in the calls and Lee for doing it for so long, and um, Lemoyne, Lori, and all of you, uh, and Reverend Pam for um, helping me with all this and all the people in the, in the groups and the calls. Thanks a lot. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Ida. Uh, thank you, Ida. Well, there's that unmuted line. Oh, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Glad you're here, Diana. Hi, this is Chris. Um, yeah, I love that he is reminding us in this lesson that we have learned the world we saw was false and we will look upon God's world today. So there's an assumption, a presupposition that we have learned to see the false in us and to look upon God's world today. So that's a beautiful point of view, that I'm in God's world and I could see when the false is coming up to be undone. Boy, have I have sad liquid coming from my eyes for a while. Now more than ever, I'm having joyous liquid coming out of my eyes where I'm laughing and just joy is coming out from my eyes through liquid. So it, it's a beautiful reminder of what he wants us to see, behold the world uncondemned through happy eyes. Forgiveness has released from all distortion. Be beautiful state of mind he wants us to remain in and see through. 
And it feels so, so good. I could tell that many of these uh, eyes-wiping events, eyes-wiping, <laughs> eyes-wiping events that's been within me has been gone, has been that, that whatever buttons that used to activate sadness that God has wiped away internally. And those, when I see what used to activate a button and, and trigger sadness, when I see that, I only, I, I celebrate. I say, thank you, God. I am so blessed. I feel so good. Look at the freedomness that I'm experiencing right now when in such a such a time I used to cry about this. I used to get angry about this. So my only response to what I'm sharing is Yahoo. Yippee. I'm complete. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Yippee. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. That was great. We'll have a little time if there's another share. Well, I think to close this call today then from chapter 31 in acknowledgement of the second coming of Christ the teaching that we'll practice for the next 10 days in chapter 31 he says the veil across the face of Christ, the fear of God and of salvation and the love of guilt and death. They are all different names for just one error, that there is a space between you and your brother, kept apart by an illusion of yourself, which holds him off from you and you away from him. The sword of judgment is the weapon which you give to the illusion illusion of yourself that it may fight to keep the space that holds your brother off unoccupied by love yet while you hold this sword you must perceive the body as yourself for you are bound to separation from the sight of him who holds the mirror to another view of what he is and thus what you must be 
What is temptation but the wish to stay in hell and misery? Yet while you wish to stay in hell, how could you be the savior of the Son of God? How would you know his holiness while you see him apart from yours? For holiness is seen through holy eyes that look upon the innocence within and thus expect to see it everywhere. And so they call it forth in everyone they look upon that he may be what they expect of him. This is the Savior's vision that he see his innocence in all he looks upon and sees his own salvation everywhere. He holds no concept of himself between his calm and open eyes and what he sees. He brings the light to what he looks upon that he may see it as it really is. Whatever form temptation seems to take, it always but reflects a wish to be a self which you are not. Oh, I love that. Thank Amen. you. Yeah. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, friend. Thank you so much. That's simple, Thank you, Laurie. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone who read and joined us this morning, everybody who will listen in the future. And when we hang up or end this recording, we don't hang up the phone. So please feel free to stay on the line. And uh, we'll continue to share about this beautiful...